All right, take your Bibles tonight with us morning to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter number 19, Revelation chapter number 19. Uh, I've been up here scribbling. Uh, I'm going to do something just real quick. I'm going to deal this morning with Revelation 19, but if you'll let me real quick, I'm going to just try to be a hip to us, and uh, I'm going to preach just a little bit, uh, not really preach, I guess, I'm going to give you a rough outline of the entire book of Revelation, okay? So I just help you a little bit understanding it, and then I'm going to spend my time this morning in Revelation chapter 19. Let's read a few verses. I'm going to deal with the first 10, uh, but for the sake of time, we'll not read all of that. But when you find your places, stand with me if you can, and able to honor the reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Uh, let's begin reading this verse number one. The Bible said, After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto our Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with a fornication, hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. Verse before, Bible said the four twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Skip that, if you will, verse number 7. The Bible said, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Notice this phrase. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should do love you this morning. God, I'm thankful for what we felt in our hearts already. Thankful for the Sunday school hour. Thank you for the good singing. Lord, this is another time, another service. Lord, I pray this morning you'd bless. Do that only you can. What if they be one discouraged? Would you encourage our heart? What if they be one walking far this away? God, I pray draw them up close to you once again. Then, Lord, I pray most of all for that here in the midst this morning. Lost them know without you. Lord, I pray you'd save them for the last one too late. We'll be careful. Give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name and forsake. Amen and amen. You may see it and thank you for standing now. Hold you places in Revelation 19. I want to give you just a few things quickly. Uh, just an outline of the book of Revelation. It's uh, uh, the book of Revelation is considered by many a uh, difficult book, and I understand that. But uh, when you understand a little bit about what's going on, it helps a lot uh, uh, to understand what's happening. Okay? Uh, now, chapter 1, Bible said that verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants. Things which must shortly come to pass, uh, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Verse 2, Herbert record of the word of God, the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. I'll say first of all, it is just my pet peeve, I reckon. Uh, it is, the Bible said, the revelation uh, of Jesus Christ. Not the revelations, uh, but the revelation is singular, isn't that right? Uh, one revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, if you look above your Bible, the title of the book that the, that that the uh, the uh, translators gave it uh, in a lot of your Bibles would say something like this: "The Revelation of Saint John the Divine," or something similar to that. That's not right, friend. Uh, that's in verse one: "The Revelation." Uh, of Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? It's not about John. 
It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so chapter 1 of the Revelation, we uh, see an introduction. John is, uh, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, John introduces uh, uh, the things that are happening. We see a beautiful uh, portrait of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And it's an introduction. We're introduced uh, somewhat in verse 4 to the seven churches uh, which are in Asia. Now chapter 2 begins with a whole other thing. You'll find that all throughout the book of Revelation. From chapter to chapter, uh, you may be dealing with something completely different. And chapter 2 and 3 deals with the letters uh, uh, to the churches. John is writing to these seven churches in Asia Minor and uh, telling them what it is the Lord Jesus told him uh, to say unto each one. Now you can study those out for yourself. Uh, there's some significance to that. Uh, uh, so I don't have time to deal with that this morning. Now, if we get chapter 4, chapter 2 or 3, John's dealing uh, with letters to these churches. And if we get chapter 4, uh, you won't find the church mentioned anymore. Uh, in fact, the last thing he said in chapter 3 was what your Bible said. Uh, right to the church of Laodicea, uh, chapter 3, verse 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear uh, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And you'll not hear it anymore, Eric, after chapter 3. Uh, God hit me, but watch what God said in chapter 4. After this, after God, after Jesus is done with the churches, God hit me, I'm about to come up and look at that. After he said his last address to the local church, I said, after this, I looked. And behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, notice the us of a trumpet. Talking with me, which said, Come! Uh, here's, let me tell you what chapter 4 is a picture of John in his vision in this uh, revelation that he's received in chapter 4 after he's wrote to the seven churches John is caught up here in the heaven uh, to see the things which must come to pass uh, hereafter chapter 4 typifies uh, of the rapture in there, right? uh, and I've got, I've got good news to you this morning that uh, I thank God for the church. I'm glad for the local church. I, I, there's nowhere I'd rather be this morning I, of this time of eternity than in the church. I, I, I sure am glad for the day that He'll rapture the church out. I, yeah. And the crowd will come, come up hither. Yeah, man, yeah. that's right. I, and so chapter 4 typifies the rapture. Then in chapter 5, we get a glimpse into what we'll see uh, after the rapture. What's what the Bible said, chapter 5. You know the story. I, uh, the Bible said, I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. And we go down through chapter 5, no man can open it up. And then you'll find in verse number 11, uh, uh, the Bible said, I beheld, I heard the voice of many angels run about the throne. And the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 uh, and thousands of thousands. What about that? I sang a loud voice. Listen to this. Uh, Word is the lamb that was slain that to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I sing blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever and the four beasts said amen and the four and twenty elders fell in and worshipped him that liveth 
forever and ever. You say, preacher, what are you trying to say? Chapter 5. I, I just put it down like this in my mind. Worthy is the Lamb. I, how can I say that after the Lord come back right now and rapture the church out? I, we wouldn't talk about Putin. We wouldn't talk about the Ukraine. I, we wouldn't talk about Joe Biden. We wouldn't talk about uh, we wouldn't talk about gas prices. Uh, thanks be to God. Uh, we begin with all the host of heaven. Uh, to cry and say worthy. Uh, worthy. Y'all ain't getting that. Uh, worthy. Uh, worthy is the Lamb. Uh, that was slain. What's what the Bible said? Here chapter 5. I'm on this park and preach a little while. Uh, the Bible said in verse number 5, verse number 12. Uh, saying with a loud voice, worthy uh, is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength uh, and honor and glory and blessing uh, uh, that's so sad that's that 10,000 uh, uh, times 10,000 uh, and thousands and thousands yeah. uh, for that worthy is the Lamb uh, uh, then look at verse 13 boy like that uh, if that wasn't good enough let me stop and say this real quick uh, it's chapter 5 it starts out uh, uh, those four beats those cherubims uh, uh, get the priest and uh, thanking him uh, heard a preacher say this weekend some of you there made me have uh, uh, brother John Pittman said you ever throw a pond uh, uh, ever throw a rock in a pond uh, and sing the ripple effects uh, yeah. uh, that's what he's talking about Kirk uh, in the midst was this lamb uh, yeah. and those four beasts started crying out worthy uh, worthy uh, worthy then the Bible said those four and twenty elders uh, uh, got to cry out worthy uh, worthy uh, yeah. worthy uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden there's ten thousand times ten thousand uh, and thousands of thousands I right. uh, begin to cry out worthy is the Lamb. Yeah. And then in verse 13, the Bible said, what's for the sin that every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I say, blessing and honor and glory and power being him that sits upon the throne and under the Lamb forever and ever. Yeah. Every creature. Every creature cried out and worshipped him. Verse number 14, the Bible said, and for me said, Amen. Amen. What about that? Amen. I don't know the other day. I told him, I said, you know what it means? It means of truth. It means that's right. It means I agree. It means that's true. Oh, God, it be. Them cherubims, all them eyes searching out sin. All of heaven's crying out worthy. Here's the lamb that was yeah. slain. Uh, right. And all them four beasts can say, say, man, uh, the truth. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Oh, y'all ain't getting that. I gotta move on. I gotta preach Revelation 19 here in a minute. Bible said the four beasts said, Amen. And the four twenty heavens fed there and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. You said, preacher, I don't like when he gets loud. I don't like this worship. I don't like all this stuff. Uh, you better not go to heaven, friends. You'll be yeah. in a place. Right. They're right. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's yeah. right. Times an every creature, that ten thousand, times ten thousand, and if they best time figure that's a hundred thousand, yeah. there might be more than that. And, 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 and if it's not, if that wasn't enough, that thousands and thousands have cried out and said, Worthy is the Lamb. That's what it'll be like after the rapture. They won't be all crying and complaining. It'll not be about me, it'll not be about you. It'll be about the Lamb of God. Taking away the sins of the world. Uh, amen, friend. That's yeah. right. Worthy is the Lamb. Right. In chapter 6, something interesting happened. We changed entire, we changed the entire 
uh, 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 what I'm for. The entire mood of the book changes in chapter 6. Now in heaven, we've been raptured out. We're with the Lord. We're there. We're with the Lord in the air. So shall we be with the Lord in the air. Here's what I want to say. On earth, tribulation period starts. Alright? Yeah. Revelation 6 for Revelation 18 deals with that tribulation period. Now, within that, here's what you got to I'll have to get too far in depth in it. But within that, Nancy, there'll be little parenthetical chapters. There'll be parenthetical paragraphs where we'll get a glimpse back at what's happening with the with the redeemed in heaven. Yeah. But for the most part, you're dealing with tribulation period. What happens is, if you're not careful, you're wrongly divided because you're looking at the tribulation period and then all of a sudden it's going to talk about those robes and why. That doesn't mean we're where they are. That just means that while that's going on, we're not in the tribulation period. We're with the Lord. So shall we be with the Lord in there. And they're right. Uh, yeah. There's still things going on while they're down here saying, whoa, uh, what God? <laughs> while they're saying, whoa, uh, whoa, uh, I'm getting up in heaven saying, worthy, uh, worthy, uh, worthy is the Lamb. Uh, amen. For never once in a while, how things are going on the earth. Uh, it's facing the worst things it's ever seen. Uh, uh, John, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, give us a little window to look into heaven. Uh, uh, see, they're still shouting. Uh, they're still praising. Uh, he's still on the throne. Uh, amen. That's right. From chapter 6, from chapter 18, to the tribulation period, with these parenthetical chapters of text. Then chapter 19, which switch gears again. Chapter 19, we're almost at the close. Uh, uh, we're almost at the close of this thing. And in chapter 19, we're introduced, I read to you a minute ago, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what I'm going to deal with right here in just a minute. Then we go to chapter 20. Uh, immediately after the marriage supper of the Lamb, then what will happen is this. He'll come back. This time, not his rapture, but his return. Yeah. He'll come back. Battle of Armageddon will be fought. He'll smite the nations. He'll find that in the last part of chapter 19. He comes back. Then chapter 20, find the great white throne judgment. That'll be the judgment of the wicked dead. They'll go small breaks from poor God. Uh, and death and hell cast in the lake of fire. Those who are not written, whose names are not written in the book of life, cast in the lake of fire as well. This is the second death. That's chapter 20. Chapter 1, 22. Now at that point, Everything on the earth is dying. Alright? Mm-hmm. Earth's been destroyed. Everything's dying. Uh, within the midst of all that, uh, he'll come and set up his millennial reign. All that'll happen. Then in chapter 21, John, we find chapter 21, chapter 22. You call it whatever you want to. You call it heaven, you call it whatever you want to call it. I call it this the eternal state. Yeah. Because there'll be no more times. Right. When you read chapter 21, chapter 22, you gotta remind yourself. I thank God for the things that aren't there. Thank God for the right. things that are there. But what really excites me is it'll never change again. That's right. right. Gas prices never go up. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Never be a day where all of a sudden something goes wrong. It's the eternal state that forever and ever and ever yeah. and ever will be with the Lord. Oh, yes, friend, that's exciting to me. Hey. But before we get there, we got to go through this marriage supper way. Now, I want to show you a few things. This after the rapture of the church, uh, the church has been taken out. Tribulation period has been going on the earth. And uh, we're going to deal with this marriage supper of the Lamb. Revelation 19. Look with me in verse number 4. 
The Bible said the four twenty elders, there they are again, and the four base fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne, said, Amen, Hallelujah. Now, verse 5, and a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, verse 6, as it were, a voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And he said, Preacher, what do you want me to say? Let's be first of all, the people at the Sunday. Bible said, then four beasts we saw in Revelation, what was it? Revelation 4, 5. Uh, they're still there. Guess what they're doing? They're still praising. They're right. Don't fall out with me. The earth going through the wickedest, darkest uh, time and beyond our, beyond our imagination. But in heaven, all the way to Revelation 19, they're still saying worthy. Worthy. And I believe Nancy had four beasts. Uh, uh, I said here in verse 26, four of them, yes. They cried out and said, Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I think what I like to imagine, you don't have to agree with me. I believe over in Revelation 5, uh, uh, when they're 10,000 times 10,000 uh, and thousands of thousands, uh, I believe they cried out and said, Worthy! Here's the Lamb. And the four beasts said, Amen. Yeah. I believe they're still having themselves a shouting spell yeah. in Revelation 19 saying, Amen! Hallelujah! Amen! Oh, yes. You say, preacher, you mean that? Absolutely. It's all about him this morning. They're still saying, Worthy! Worthy! Worthy is the Lamb. Isn't that right? We say they pull base. We say the four three heavens. I don't even know what that four three heavens are. I promise you, I'll tell you one day. I don't have time to deal with it this morning, okay? Verse 5, Bites and the voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God. All ye servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. I got to think about that. I just got to say something about this. Bible said both small and great. Now I've got a sneaking suspicion. The people that the Lord calls great, the people we call great, probably ain't the same thing. Right. More than likely, we would think about somebody that pastors a church, and uh, from a preacher's perspective, we think about somebody that pastors a church with 10,000 people, and uh, man, they preach all over the country. We think that would be great. So I said, Lord, probably really consider great. I saw a man this weekend over at Los Angeles, pastor three people. Three people. And he said, every Sunday he came here. Every Sunday night he came here. Every Wednesday night he came here and preached to him. And he told me, he said, preacher, this is the first time I've been out of my county in months and not over a year. And you said, preacher, you think he's great? I said, Lord, he is. Yeah, hey. They're right. I'm to the a voice from the throne saying, Praise ye the Lord. All ye servants, both small and great. So what I'm thankful for, I'm thankful from small to great. Every child of God has the ability to be at the marriage supper. Yeah, and we'll have to get them for the judgment of Christ. We'll give a cat deep down our body. Not our sin, but of our works. There'll be things that are burnt up. Those things we get a reward for. We know that. And that'll be a sad day, I believe, in heaven when we realize just how truly little we did for him. It better be a sad, sad day. They don't have to be the one that's going to hold the crayons that leave his feet. The Bible said all the servants, both small and great, you're saved this morning. You're with the marriage supper. 
They're right. You're a part of the bride. Yeah. You can't have a wedding without a bride. Ain't that right? To the four twenty base, we see that. Now the four twenty else, we see the, the four base, and then we see the people. Then watch this. Verse six. I'm sure how many people there are there. I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings. You imagine what a multitude. All the saints that have gone on. At this point, every last saint, every last one's there. I have said that the great multitude of many waters, of mighty thunders. Watch this. Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. What about that? What a joy. We see the people. They don't want to go through the praise. I won't say much about that, but they're still praising them in Revelation 19. Right? All right? They still say, hey, man. Hallelujah. I was talking to a minute ago a while ago. I don't mean to embarrass him. I don't mean to, I don't mean to be belittling him. I, I went through the same thing. You won't understand this. I know most of you won't. But I can get up and preach harder than I am right now. But I, I just never could bring myself to say amen. I, I just embarrassed the fuck out of me. That anointing wasn't there. It just wasn't there. And I never would do it. I'd sit there and I'd want to. I'd almost do it and I'd kick it out. And I reckon no kind of insane mode. He said, I'm just going to roll my tail. I tell you this, I don't know if you ever say, hey, man, I hope you do. I can use something every once in a while. But can I say this? When we get to heaven, the Bible said they all with a great voice of the multitude and mighty waters and have rumbling thunderings have cried out and said, Amen. Why did they service like that? I ain't never been a service where somebody did say something off the wall. Don't fall in. Remember, I ain't never been a service where somebody didn't, didn't stand up and brag on themselves. Yeah. But in that day, it's going to be all about him. Right, right. But the first service you ever been in where there wasn't no hindrances. Yeah. There wasn't no quench in the spirit. There wasn't no grieving in the spirit. There wasn't no self-promotion. It's just all about him. And with the voice of many thunders, the redeemed of the Lord will cry out and say, Hallelujah! Amen! Worthy! Worthy! Worthy is the Lord! I say hallelujah, what a day! I'm excited about being Watch this. We see the people. We see the praise. Of course, that's one of the power. Verse 6. Bible said, Hers were the voice of the great multitude, voice of many waters, and the voice of mighty thunder, saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. That word omnipotent means in its simplest form, simplest definition, it means all powerful. That's what yeah. it means. You realize, you say, Preacher, why is it? I got to think about that. I thought that's the only mention. If I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this, but I believe that's the only mention in your Bible that the Bible teaches that doctrine. That's the only mention of the actual word omnipotent in your Bible, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought, I wonder why they put it there. I really believe, John, we will not understand the magnitude of it. I don't believe we'll understand the magnitude of the power that it took for him to save a sinner like me and you. That we have a glorified body. And stand before him and see him for who he really is. Right. In that moment, 
It's, we'll cry out about us. Hear what the Bible said. We'll cry out and say, Hallelujah. Lord God right now. Yeah. We'll be amazed at his power. I think about that. It's amazing to me. I, I told Noah and some other young men the other night, I said, the best thing you do, get you some, go get somewhere by the power of God. If you don't have it, you don't have anything else. It amazes me, John, the power of the ability to reach down and save a dirty, rotten sinner. That amazes me. There's been so many things I've seen. Oh, but what about when you see it with new eyes and you see it in a glorified body and see it for who he is and for the first time you're known as you were known. And you say, preacher, that means we're going to know each other. Don't, don't crucify me when I say this. I, I believe we will know each other. And I, I believe I know who you are. I just don't think I care. Yes, right. <laughs> I believe what the Bible really means when it says well, you will be known as you were known. I believe you'll know us. Like he knows you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah. I believe that's pretty simple. I believe we'll know each other. I don't know what I'm just fine. I'm just telling you. I believe you'll see himself for who you really was. You'll understand the magnitude and the power that it took to save you. For the first time, you'll see yourself as God sees you. Right? And what power that is. No wonder we'll cry out uh, with a voice. <laughs> Voice of many thunders and say, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Yeah. Which is power. Notice the preparation, verse 7. I'm hurrying. I'm going to do my best in the chapter 12. Notice verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife hath made herself ready. I think about that. We've talked a lot this morning about troubles and trials and heartaches and persecutions and perplexities and all kinds of things. You know what all that's doing? That's making us ready. Yeah. Ain't that right? Yeah. Bible said verse 7, the marriage of the Lamb has come and the wife hath made herself ready. I got to study on that this morning and uh, just sit back and this on my heart yesterday. Uh, I really had not studied it a little bit earlier. I got to study on some customs. And the Bible times, Old and New Testament. Here's what the custom was. Now, you and I, we get married. I have no problem do this. They last one got married. And uh, so they didn't do it as fine as they had to do it. But, typically, no, did you, did you go pick her up on your wedding day and, and, and take her over to the, to the field? And we know that she got a story there. But typically, I didn't go pick my wife up. Yeah. All right? I didn't go to her house that morning. I didn't go to her dad's house that morning. Pick her up and drive her to the church. We've got this whole custom in our day. It's bad luck to see the bride. Yeah. Huh? They see each other until she walked in the aisle. But in the Bible, the custom was for the Jews that groom leave his house. And he'd come down to his, to his wife and bride's daddy's house. He'd escort her by Bring her with him. Back to his daddy's house where the ceremony would be performed. Did y'all get all that? Mm -hmm. He'd yeah. leave his daddy's house, right. go down to her daddy's house, yeah. uh, go ahead. he'd come up, uh, escort her back to the daddy's house, uh, and that's where the ceremony would be performed. Uh, some of the rest of about those days, uh, we get engaged, and they did too. But an engagement in the Bible was not very mild. What that meant was, if I looked at, at Kevin and I said, 
I'd like for I'd like for you to be engaged to me. That meant this. That meant I have the intent on marrying you. But at any moment, it could be broken. Yeah. It was not a binding agreement. But they also had an engagement. There's also a betrothal. What that meant was a binding agreement. Here's what it said. Here's what it said uh, in a book I've got on customs. Here's what, here's what he said. He said a binding agreement that was as sure as the marriage itself, though not yet married. <laughs> as sure. As the marriage itself, though not yet married. In fact, at the end of the marriage ceremony, if you had been betrothed in those days, the, the only main difference, John, was <sighs> the only main difference was uh, the only thing that changed between your relationship. Uh, you were now together. Uh, you had now officially become man and wife. Uh, it was already a sure thing. Uh, it could not be broken. It could not be changed. Uh, yeah. But now you were Boy. officially together uh, and you could enjoy the company and the companionship uh, and the closeness uh, of being married. I'm going to say it like that. You all know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. But that's what it means. That's the only thing that changed. Uh, the intimacy changed between that couple. Uh, but they were no more bound together, uh, married than they were betrothed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only difference was, I don't think you wish, the only difference was when they were betrothed, they did not live together. Yeah. yeah. All right? Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you with me? So let's put it like this. If I was betrothed to my wife, it's a sure that she's mine. Yeah. I'm hers as if we were already married. The only difference is I'm sitting in my daddy's house and she's sitting in hers. Yeah. That's right? Yeah. Well, it cannot be changed. Somebody hit me right there. It, the, the agreement cannot be broken. Uh, the covenant cannot be forsaken. Uh, there is no whimsical idea on my part or hers that uh, can change our mind. Uh, it's already been said. Uh, it's sure. It's steadfast. Uh, the only thing that keeps us uh, is we are apart. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Oh, but they come a day. But trouble. I did, here, here's the picture that she's betrothed and she knows that I'm betrothed to her and I know that but I'm at daddy's house and she's in her house uh, and there's a date set uh, of it one of these days uh, of be a wedding day isn't that right uh, and she knows when that day comes uh, oh get me uh, she knows when that day comes uh, uh, her bride groom will be coming uh, uh, her his court her about to get that uh, her bride groom will be coming uh, Let's court her home. What do you reckon any woman would do? She may not know the day. She may not know the hour. But I believe every morning she'd get up. Let's go to Western culture today. She'd get up every morning, put her makeup on, get her hair done up just right, get her garment, get her dress on. I'm just wondering if the day be the day. And what about the day day? Where that change? She knew I was coming. She just didn't know when. But one of these days she looked out. And there come her bright groom. And the Bible said him, though, his wife hath made herself ready. Isn't that right? Yeah. She was prepared. Yeah. i tell you something. The darker this world gets, kind of how we are, ain't it? 
Glad I got saved. I was betrothed. Alright? Yeah. It's sure and it's sure and steady and solid and steadfast as if I was already married. But I just ain't got to you. He's got a devil in hell. He's got a past. He's got a preacher. He's got a congregation. He's got a long term Jezebel. I can change the fact that I am betrothed to my record. Yeah. Oh, but can I say I don't know when he's coming? God, I know one of these days he's coming for me. Right. And the darker this thing gets. I find myself every day I'm looking up and say, Lord, I find myself echoing John. Even so, come quickly. It might not be ready. Some of you have been, some of you have been saying, Lord, we're not been alive. And they've touched slow on the roof. I don't mean that disrespectful. And you've seen this world change far more than I have. And all your loved ones and all your friends have done gone home. I'd say we're ready this morning. I'd say come even so. Come quickly. And the Bible said, the bride, the wife, has made herself ready. She's prepared. We say verse 7, the bride has made herself ready. She's been looking for her groom to appear. And it's finally her wedding day. Let's look at verse 8 quickly. Notice the provision. Now, it was custom in those days Every guest that was at a wedding was required to have on a wedding garment. It was required. And had special garments to be the wedding. They're high. I wish to God we'd go back to that today. Let me just run a rabbit real quick, Kim. I don't run many rabbits, so I'm going to run them real quick. I don't know what happened, but it breaks my heart to go to a wedding, go to a funeral. And see people running around in shorts and a tank top. God help me. Isn't that right? Yeah. Somebody, I don't care for the mildest sinner to walk away from earth. Somebody live their life and die. You aren't old enough respect to come in and look at halfway this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah, that's right. And a wedding is the most serious thing you'll ever It's the most serious agreement yeah. you'll ever enter into. This side of eternity. I, God help me. Uh, you ought to dress up a little bit. Isn't that right? Uh, if, if, you, uh, if you had a job interview, well, I don't know if you would have known anymore. Uh, but you still you dress up for a job interview. Yeah. Uh, you still you dress up if you was going somewhere. Uh, yeah. My grandma would go work out in the farm. Uh, and she would not. You said her dress is supply. It'd take her four hours to get whatever you needed. Uh, she'd have to go home and take a shower and fix her hair, put her makeup on, uh, put her clothes on, and she'd run five minutes down the road. Her uh, dress supply, she'd come back. And put all their old clothes back on and take her makeup off. And I don't know how many times she got back to the field and said, thing go back. And she got all over again. I mean, people used to have respect. Yeah, right. And this day, this isn't just a secular wedding. This isn't just a worldly wedding. This is a marriage supper of the Lamb. By the way, that's that Lamb they've been crying out saying, Worthy. Yeah. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Not just any garments of the Lamb. Is that right? Yeah. Verse 5 says, verse 7. I'm a hurry. Verse 8, I'm sorry. Five said the hurry grand that she should be made in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Don't swim me the provision. Now, can I say something? The Bible said this that all thy righteousness is its filthy rags. Yeah. But here in Revelation 19, Verse number, what is it, number eight? Number man. 
verse number eight, the Bible says the quiet linen is the righteousness of the saints. Can I tell you real quick where that came from? You got saved, the Bible said his righteousness was imputed unto you. Yeah. That's his righteousness. Is that right? Right. Don't fall out with me. Right. I'm going to give you a real secular example. My wife, when we got married, I had a I had a 2013 Chevy Chevrolet. And she had a, was it 2012? 2000 something, Nissan Rogue. We got married. We didn't do it on purpose or what so we could make some big brand show. But every single, every single time we go, she goes somewhere. I used to go somewhere, I was going uh, she got a lot better gas miles than I did. And, uh, every once in a while I'd say, if I put some gas in it, uh, you okay if we drive your car? All right? Mm-hmm. You okay if we drive your car? We got married, you know what I'd say? We're driving the car. All right? And she'd say, can we drive your truck? We got married, you know what she'd say? Let's just drive the truck. Right? Yeah, yeah. Don't fall out of here. Go ahead. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what happened? We got married church. Everything that was hers now become ours. Yeah. And everything that was mine. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Everything that was not mine now become ours. I don't know exactly how that happened, but I shouldn't let it be that. At Calvary, he took my spirit yeah. and he took my shame and he took it to a way I'm not having it. And it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And now, what was his is ours this morning. It's his righteousness. Help him, Revelation 19. Help him, Bible said, it's ours. It's ours this morning. Oh, what a joy. Aren't you glad for the provision that what we didn't have, we could not be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It was required. They had a marriage, they had a wedding garment. I'm telling you, we could not provide it. Our righteousness was as filthy rags. I'm a thank God He gave us what we needed and imputed His unto us. We said provision. I want to this and I'm done. I'm quitting right here. Give me five minutes and I'm quitting. Let's look at verse 9. The Bible says, He saith unto me. Now, let me clarify something real quick. This he saith unto me is not the Lamb. He's talking about the angel that John was talking to. Go back and look throughout the chapters. There's a long dialogue of John talking to this angel in heaven. This angel says unto him, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Verse 10, watch this. And I, talking about John, fell his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren. I have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now I've said everything I've said this morning. I've said this one thing. That, that's just how preaching works. You have to say a bunch to say one thing just how it works. Now this don't one thing I won't be preaching. What's going through the perplexity? I, heard, I read that this week, Nancy, and I could not wrap my mind around. All throughout, how many times do I listen to the people when you get there? Listen to the Amen. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. There's been no dispute, there's been no argument, there's been no confusion over who they are to worship. Not at all. Not at all. Tens, ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands had no problem coming over who they are to worship. Right. Revelation 19. 
And John makes a mistake of worshiping an angel. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. Is that all you have to Yep. The angel had to look at John. I mean, how embarrassing. The angel had to look at John and say, Say that thou do it not. Yes. No, don't, don't worship me. But he said, I'm thy fellow servant. Yes. They're right. Don't worship me. No, Tom, you've got this wrong. What happened? John is the one that received the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everything we've seen has been John told us. How did John get confused? Yes. How did John miss? He's the one who said, Be a word. Be worthy. He's the one said in the midst thereof was a lamb, was all been slain, and uh, would open the books, and uh, that he prevailed. He's the one that wrote those things. Uh, John told us everything we know, yet here in our text, he doesn't know who to worship. I got to think about that, and I thought, Lord, there's got to be something here. There's some reason why John, you know who John is? John loves what we call him. I have told him in the gospel numerous times he referred to as the disciple of Jesus Christ. If anybody ever knows who it is, it ought to be John. Yeah, yeah. John, before he ever, before Jesus ever went to Calvary, John laid his head on the bosom of Christ. Uh, I believe as Tom McKeon said the other day, the rest of those disciples knew his heart was beating. Yeah. Right. 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 But John heard it. That's right. That'd help you with this. Rest of the disciples knew Jesus' heart was living. John laid his head on his chest and heard it. I mean, if anybody ought to know who to worship, it would be God. But we're trying to worship our own person. The perplexity of this suffering, there's something that is messed up so bad. He didn't know who to worship. But then what it is, think about it, turn quick. Think about the story of Luke chapter 12 when I'm done. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Let's read verse 35. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. I want you to see this. I want you to get there. Luke chapter 12 and verse 35. The Bible said this. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocketh they may open unto him immediately. Listen to this. Jesus is talking and this, this, he's, telling, he's telling him here he's referring to a wedding and he said when the Lord cometh you ought to be ready. Isn't that right? Watch verse 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, verily I say unto you, he shall gird himself, make him sit down with meat, and come forth, watch this, and serve the young. Now, you don't have to worry with me. This is the whole point of my message. Let me tell you why John was perplexed. Tell you why I believe John could not figure out who to worship. Because he could not comprehend for, for what? 14 chapters now. All of heaven's been saying, Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. And four beasts been saying, Amen. Hallelujah. 
John said, when I saw the very one we've been worshiping, the very one that they've been crying out worthy, he said, when I saw him gird himself, I cussed the stone and began to serve us. John said, I couldn't believe it. Don't we get that argument? John said, all that is worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. It's all been about him. But Revelation 19, the one that is all about, hurts himself and serves us. Or one of these days, he's going to take his very hands and serve you. What about that? Yeah. That blows my mind. All of it. Cry out, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. And he's going to serve me. John, no wonder John fell down. No wonder John fell down to angel's feet. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the humbleness that John must have felt when he realized how he'd failed him at? But all of heaven had been said, Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Now that very Lamb's bowing down before John and serving him. John said, No, no. You ought to be bound my feet. I should be bound to somebody else's. Yeah. Oh, yes, an angel said, let's see that it not be so. I'm just a fellow servant. It's not me. Oh, what a joy this morning to know that he loves me that much. Yeah. Yeah. Not only would he die for me. Not only Kirk Kirk is amazing to me. I'd get to go to heaven. I'd get to preach. I'd get to be saved. That's amazing this morning. Oh, but that the Lord Himself would gird Himself and serve us and serve me. My mind cannot comprehend. Yeah. I've heard preachers all my life, I don't mean this ugly. If your favorite preacher said it, I'm not being ugly about it, I'm just being honest. I've heard preachers all my life make jokes about it. I say, what if they're going to serve catfish to marry supper of Lamb? What if they're going to serve this? What if they're going to serve that? Be honest with God. I, I thought I know I've never said that. But I sat there in my office this morning when I when I the Lord it seemed like He put that in my heart. And I thought, I don't know what it's certain. I don't know what it'll be. I cannot comprehend the fact that get down and serve me all. As vile and wretched as I am. I'm not talking about the greatest. Man. I'm not talking about the ones that have something to give to him. Man. The Bible said that all the servants of God, all the saved, all oh. the redeemed, yeah. he's going to have down and serve them. God help me. Yeah. I thought about that this morning. I thought, Lord, God help me. How to do more. Help me to be stronger. Help me to have more of a passion. God help. I want to serve him. Yeah, yeah he's going to serve me. Yeah. What about the marriage supper of the Lamb? Can I show you something real quick? This amazes me. Revelation 19. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Can I show it to you in scripture real quick? I'll show it right here. Revelation 19. That's what your Bible says. As the marriage supper of the Lamb. Verse 10. He serves us. Watch this. Verse 10. He serves us. Verse 11. The Bible says, I saw heaven open. Behold, my horse. He that sat upon the throne faithful and true. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. Read on down through that chapter, and you'll find the you'll find the, the final statement of Battle of Armageddon. 
Can I say this? What a joy. The only thing wrong that's any different between me and anybody else in this world is the great life except the grace of God. Yeah. In Revelation 19, the same hands that serve us will be the same ones that come back to judge and make war. Revelation 19. In Revelation 20, it'll be the same one that served us that judges the wicked dead, cast them into the lake of fire, that burn forever and ever and ever. The only thing, girl, that separates me from being judged when you come back, from being judged when you come back, is the grace of God. Ain't that right? But yet because, not that I did anything, he did it all. All I did to put my faith in him. Because of that, he loves me so much, he's going to sacrifice at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I tell you something this morning. The Bible said, I, I, I intentionally said it numerous times, multiple ways it was worded, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. A great multitude, as it were, a mighty river. Great thunder. A great multitude around this room. Great multitude here to marry something like that. Can I tell you something this morning? There's room for you. Yes, amen. You're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, or you'll be at the great white throne judgment. So you could either be served by the very one that saved you, for the fact that you didn't get saved, it would have seemed to be like a fire. There's no choice in that, friend. That's not difficult at all. That's not difficult at all in my mind to say, well, what's going to happen right here? Tell me, Hoskins, you know what this thing is, girl?